0: Hey everyone, this is episode 2 of the 100-Foot Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and uh, today's show is going to be all about this pastor right here's salvation story. I I had a friend of mine, well, internet friend of mine, (laughs) Uh, asked last night about the podcast. It was a really popular um, show that I listen to every week. And uh, he asked what it's about, and I just simply said, I mean, it's really a show about a pastor at a small church and just what that life consists of. I I think there's a lot of awesome podcasts out there from like huge church guys and confession, I pretty much only follow huge church guys um, when it comes to podcasting. But I don't think there's a lot for just the the typical pastor. Um, the average church in the United States, according to all the research I've ever read, right around seventy people. Um, the church uh, that that I serve at right now, um, we have between. Two to four hundred people, depending on the time of year and and what's going on. So, I think I'm probably speaking to most of you and the church you go to. And um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about my salvation story. I I think hearing your pastor's salvation story is kind of like you remember when you were in school and you had uh, your teachers and they were, you know, they always wore like the tie and maybe the, the short sleeve dress shirt, which guys, not a great look. Uh, but anyway, (laughs) they would, um, they would, you know, they would wear their school outfits and then you would go to like a basketball game or you would go to a restaurant or whatever and you would see your teacher in shorts and you're like, Ooh, that's, that's uncomfortable. I don't know about that. Um, Or maybe it's like when you're really good friends with somebody, but you think they're cool, like you want to be better friends with them when you're in school, and then you go to a party or a concert, and all of a sudden you see them dance for the first time. You remember what that's like, like seeing someone dance? That just kind of changes the way you view them a little bit. Um, I think maybe that's how we can be with our church leaders. Is we hear their salvation story, how they came to Christ, um, how they maintain that relationship with Christ, and when we find out it's a little messy, we're not so sure we want to be a part of it, and uh, or maybe it's not that we won't be a part of it, but it's like stop being so vulnerable. Like I remember um, the first time I read this story where Jesus is in the garden of Gethsemane and he's praying that God will spare his life, and and I gotta be honest with you. Call me not a Christian if you want right now, but I remember thinking, man, I don't like seeing Jesus vulnerable. Uh, So today I'm going to talk a little bit about um, just my salvation experience. So I mentioned last week that I grew up in a poor community called Portsmouth, Ohio, which I'm going to do a special show someday on that community because, guys, I love, with all capital letters, L-O-V-E, that community. Uh, And there's just something special about it. Uh, but I was raised there. Um, I was, I think I mentioned last week, a moral kid. I, my, my parents were amazing, are amazing. Um, they're the kind you can talk to about anything. They weren't believers growing up and they didn't hide that. Um, not atheist, anything like that, but they raised us to be moral guys. My brother and I, we were, we were moral. Um, I would go to school And I really enjoyed school, not the academics, but the friendship side, like most of us, I think. Um, I realized early on that I loved being funny and I got addicted to funny and popular, like popular, funny, man, those were the end goals for me when I was a kid. Um, I I, I used to, instead of like going out on the football team, because I didn't really want to run, so I didn't want to play football. It wasn't the hitting, it was the running. <laughs> um, I would sit and watch Nick at Night when I was a kid. Uh, I fell in love with Robin Williams' comedy on work and Mindy. I uh, loved uh, Andy Griffith's show when I was a kid. any Andy, Gr- Andy Griffith fans out there. Um, I loved Don Knotts' character, Don Knotts, sorry, um, character Barney Fife. So I thought, man, funny is good. So I started being funny all the time. As I got older, I'd be funny at literally any expense. I mean, I would do the dumb thing no matter what. Um, I uh, I was involved in a streaking relay race with one of my buddies one day. I won't say your name, but um, you probably are. Li- I'll send you the link to this. Um, my parents wasn't they weren't crazy about that. Um, I uh, in high school I discovered alcohol would be fun, um, so I thought that'll make me more popular. I'll do that, and um, you know. Dating girls that would make you more popular, that kind of thing. I was just in love with being liked, like loved being liked. Not at the expense of bullying. I didn't like. I, I never stomach the idea of putting someone down, but man, I just wanted to be liked and affirmed and loved. So I would do anything to be friends with everybody, and that's that's just how I lived my life. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I had a couple guys. Uh, that they were in show choir with me, which, man, uh, yeah, I was a show choir kid. And um, don't hate. It's amazing. Show choir is fun. Uh, But I was a show choir kid, and they invited me to this thing called Acquire the Fire. And um, that sounded terrible to me, just to be real with you. I never wanted to be a part of a youth group. I always thought youth ministry was like this picture of, I remember when I was in high school, which is weird because I'm a youth pastor now, by the way. But when I was in high school, I remember I'm sitting at the drive-thru at Wendy's and I look over at Taco Bell and it is like July and this group of kids and some adult guy are wearing Halloween costumes. And instead of driving through the drive-thru, they are um, walking to it and they're like, you know, knocking at it and they're all just like looking as dorky as possible. And the adult guy with them thinks it's hilarious And I just remember looking at my buddies and thinking, yeah, that's what youth groups are. Uh, We're not that. So I just figured I don't want to be a part of a youth group. But these two guys I got to be really good friends with, they were and they invited me to this thing. I didn't want to go at all. Um, Then they said, hey, because I'm a huge wrestling fan and they knew this. They said, hey, Sting is going to be there. And if you, I graduated high school in 2002. Man, if you were around for the whole WCW, NWO um, kind of thing, Sting was a big deal. So they said, hey, Sting is going to be there. I'm like, dude, I would like to meet the Stinger. You know, uh, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase is going to be there before my time. St- still sounds cool. Um, quarterback, Kurt Warner, uh, the greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams is going to be there. I'm like, yeah, I'll go. That sounds cool. I'll go. Because I didn't think it was a Christian thing. I thought it was, you know, cool guys. I thought it'd be fun to listen to thing. So, um, the weekend prior to this, I decided I'll do it. Um, I had a terrible weekend, made some terrible life decisions, and then we decided to go. Um, I get there, I notice one thing, which is culturally true. Still young Christian ladies dressed like not Christian ladies, if you know what I'm saying, I got on my little flip phone, called up my buddies and I was like, guys, this is a Christian thing. And they're like, you're in a Christian thing? We're like, yeah. Um, and I, and they were like, what's it like? I'm like, ladies ain't bad. That's just my thought. But I just kind of went through the motions. The bands I thought were awful, um, kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you, for the most part. I heard Newsboys for the first time and thought that was like, okay, uh, but mostly not great. Then I got to hear Kurt Warner speak. Again, probably great quarterback, great guy, terrible speaker, hard to follow um sting came up and sting was phenomenal dude the guys talking about wrestling with sin and stuff i am glued the whole time man like he started fighting these guys when like all black outfits and they said stuff like lust and he punched lust in the face and greed and he punches greed and you know down the line of i don't know stealing probably not stealing uh but whatever and i'm like that's kind of cool so we're gonna leave you know um that night and then I'm sitting with all these kids who you wouldn't consider popular in our high school, but they had more character than all of us combined in the popular crowd. And I'm sitting with them. And this guy named Ron loose comes up to speak. And I swear to you, he was, I, I'm hearing him and I, it feels like he's talking to me. Like the guys, like you probably came here and you wish you were hung over instead of listening to me. And I'm like, yeah, you probably fake it everywhere you go. And you don't know who you are. And I'm like, Wait a minute. And then he transitions into talking about how, but did you know, God knows the real you and he loves you. And I'm just sitting there for the first time since I was probably, I'm not kidding, like five. I didn't care what other people thought of me. I started to really notice who I was. So I'm sitting in my seat, this popular guy that's there. People are kind of wondering what my motive is for being there. And I'm sobbing in my chair, just crazy crying man (laughs) like just crying and he says anyone who wants to accept christ you know pray this prayer so I, i i prayed the prayer i know some of you guys have theology where you think like praying the prayer does nothing we'll debate that later whatever but like but i'm just sitting there and i'm like god just take my sin take my past take my present i just want you lord um they had everybody come forward i didn't but everyone around me knew because I'm just like ugly crying for Jesus at this moment. So <laughs> anyways, um, at that moment, I accepted Christ. And I told everybody in this youth group that. And they were all a little freaked out by it because it was it was hard, man. It, I, I came at it strong. And I'm like, guys, I, I, I don't know what to tell you, but like I'm a Christian now. Tell me what a Christian is. We go home. I tell my parents. They are pretty convinced it's a phase of some sort, but, you know, I want to nurture it. I want to be a Christian. I stopped hanging out with my cool friends because I knew that there was just no good answers there. Um, so I started doing more and more stuff with the church. Um, as I mentioned last week, I go to Bible college and all this. Uh, that's my salvation story. Um, I was, yes, I was baptized and in all that, man, I I made it public. I joined a church and I just went into whatever God wanted me to have. But um, I want to speak to something that I think there's a phrase, the church will get wrong every once in a while. Um, We often will ask each other this question, we'll say, when did you become a Christian? And to me, I think that's a false question. Because if being a Christian is like being a little Christ, and being a Christian is growing and knowing more about him, if being a Christian is repenting, like literally feeling bad about my lifestyle and doing better. Guys, I'm, I, I didn't become a Christian. I still am. I know that Jesus took my sins away years ago, and I know that's gone. That is the past. But he, but I'm still becoming more like Christ. I'm, I'm taking those two steps forward. I'm taking the one step back, just like you. Um, I I'm probably fake sometimes. I don't know if I'm fake, but I probably am. Guys, I say this to say there's no Christian in your life that isn't that way. We're all becoming Christians right now, every one of us. I I love this phrase that I once heard. um, I think it's Zig Ziglar. You can Google it if you want to, uh, but it goes like this. If you truly knew anyone, you would neither hate nor idolize anybody. My walk with Christ is is my walk with Christ, and it's not always pretty, but it's a growing thing. It's an ever-changing thing. It's a thing I want to make better and better. So what's your salvation story? Um, I'd love for you to hit the button and send me a voicemail and just tell me what is your salvation story, or maybe one of our social media accounts you can hit me up and just say, you know, what your salvation story was and what it's like for you to keep becoming a Christian. What's that life like? Like, what's the real you? Um, On this podcast, guys, I want to do some long-form interviews with people I find interesting. Maybe you will um, on this podcast. I want to be as realistic as possible. I want to share stuff about me that hardly anyone in the world knows. It's just because I just want to help. So um, join me these next uh, coming weeks. So we're going to try to post about every Monday. Um, The different platforms, they post at different times. I don't post directly to them. I work with a company called Anchor, which, by the way, is a phenomenal podcasting company. If you guys want to get involved with getting your own podcast, I would suggest the Anchor app would be really good. Um, but this is just going to be a weekly time where I just, you know, as a smaller church pastor, as just a regular person, just kind of share my uh, struggles, my wins, my losses, and I'm going to talk about some culture stuff too. So anyway, guys, thank you for joining me for week two of the 100-Foot Jesus Podcast. Uh, If you guys could subscribe in whatever platform you're listening to this to, and um, share it on social media and help us get the audience out a little bit as we keep going. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Thank mm-hmm. you.